All right. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. In last week's parasha, Rabbi Glenn instructed us on the prophet Balaam and his suggestion on how King Balak could harm the Jewish nation. Balaam's idea was for the Midianite women there to have relations with the Israeli men and introduce them to Baal worship. This would prove successful in many ways that many of the men of the different tribes took Midianite wives. We were then introduced to Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, who went into the tent of Zimri, who in front of the Israeli nation and God, took his, this Midianite woman for his wife. And Phinehas ran through the woman and Zimri with a spear, killing both of them. Little R-rated one there. <laughs> now God's plague that he put on the nation of Israel for their infidelity to him was put aside by the actions of Phinehas. Scripture tells us that God is a jealous God. The Hebrew word kenah, referenced in Numbers 25.10, means jealous. But it also is the same word used for zeal. And we know we have a zealous God. El Gabor, mighty God, turns away his anger from the, Isra Isra the Israelis due to the actions of Phinehas. The Lord gives a covenant of peace to Phinehas and to his descendants a perpetual priesthood because of his zeal for God. Phinehas made atonement for the people of Israel, and God also tells Moses to harass the Midianites and to strike them down for beguiling the Jewish men in the matter of Peor. In chapter 26, a census is ordered by God to count all the males 20 years and up in each household. The list of Israel was 601,730 men. The census was smaller by 2,770 men. Due to the failure to follow God at Kadesh Barnea, Caleb, Joshua, and Moses are left from that rebellious group that was 20 years, or that were more than 20 years of age. After the census, God divides the inheritance according to the size of the tribes. The inheritance went to the sons, not to the daughters. In chapter 27, we are introduced to the daughters of Zelophehad. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Yes. All right. Whose father had no sons and brought a plea to Moses to intercede on their behalf. Moses went to the Lord on behalf of these daughters, and God makes a provision for them that if there are no sons, that they would inheritance would go to the daughters. It should be pointed out that here that God steps in for these women, giving them rights in that time and in the time to come. The rest of the world did not embrace this ideal, and even to this day, in some countries, it still exists. In 27.12, God instructs Moses to go up on the mountain, and there Moses would see the promised land. But he would not walk into it because of his sins at the waters of Meribeth when he took credit when he struck the rock. Moses asked, who will go before your chosen people and lead them? God instructs Moses to appoint Joshua to be his successor. When we look at Joshua, he is one who stood up for God in the promised land when he gave his report with Caleb. Other than that, he was an ordinary man. But importantly, 
He was one who followed God. In chapter 28, God instructs the chosen people regarding regarding the offering that he is requiring. These offerings would be for Shabbat, Sabbath, or Shabbat, monthly ones, and Passover. Other offerings included were for Feast of Weeks, Feast of Trumpets, for the Day of Atonement, and finally for the Feast of Booths, which we call Sukkot. So here are some applications we should consider. We see what Phinehas did for the Israeli nation. He made atonement for the sins of the people. This was a one-time atonement when God lifted the plague that he put upon them. There was another who made atonement for our sins, and his name is Yeshua the Messiah, whose perfect sacrifice by his own blood was not for some and for a day, but for all and forever. There is no greater gift we can ever have than what Messiah Yeshua has done for us. El Elyon, the God Most High's plan of salvation, was from the very beginning fulfilled by his son. It is the most important atonement you will ever have. And brothers and sisters, you better be on the right side of that. We also see in chapter 27 the provision God made for women and the role that they would play in God's creation. God used women of great character in his words of scripture. He used a sinner named Rehab to help conquer a city when she hid the spies. One of the judges from the early Israelis was a woman named Deborah, who led the Israelis in battle when a cowardly general was weak. He used Esther to save the Jewish people at great risk to her own well-being. And that's just a few of them. We also see the price of leadership when God sent Moses up on the top of the mountain to see the promised land and yet not be able to enter in. God said Moses was the most humble man, a pretty high distinction, yet Moses let his pride get the better of him in front of the people he shepherds, and he does not get to enter the promised land. That's pretty tough. This should also be a strong reminder to all of us in leadership that God holds us to a much higher standard than he does for those we shepherd. It saddens me often when we fail in this area, and I, I don't just mean those who teach heresy or bad doctrine, but all of us have failed in this area, and this includes me as well. Brothers and sisters, if someone asks you to take a position in leadership, you should think twice whether you're really ready for that. In Matthew 18, 6, Messiah tells us that if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Now, some strong words there. A very stern warning for us to remember. One final application for us to consider. God continually uses ordinary men and women to do his will. Abraham takes 318 men and destroys four armies. He used Moses to lead the people to freedom. He used Joshua to lead the chosen people into the promised land and defeat their enemies. And the little boy, the little shepherd boy named King David to conquer all his enemies. God used prophets to instruct kings and priests, and most importantly, he brought a single man, Yeshua, to save all humanity. Brothers and sisters, whether it's the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, it's always God who does the work in us and that we may accomplish his will. Not that he needs us, but that he chooses us. Amen.